Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>
He's not the fucking. He's Punisher. not the Punisher. No, and and to be fair, he's in this. Well, let, okay, yeah, okay, we'll Literally get there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So before we do any of that, let's go over the. Oh, but wait, Bob, we're gonna take that out of the beginning of the episode. Yeah, if this is the first episode you're joining, eh, you'll catch up to what the rules are at the end. Sure, absolutely. So since we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes, what are we drinking? Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. So uh, our beer today comes to us from North Coast Brewing Company. This is a California coast brewer. They're a pioneer in the craft beer movement. They opened in 1988 as a local brew pub in the historic town of Fort Bragg, located on California's Mendocino coast. And today we are drinking their Russian Imperial Stout which of course is Old Rasputin, their Russian imperial stout, produced in the tradition of the 18th century English brewers who supplied the court of Russia's Catherine the Great. Old Rasputin seems to develop a cult following wherever it goes. It's a rich, intense brew with big, complex flavors and a warming finish. Now, of course, we are drinking this because we we watched The Punisher starring Dolph Lundgren, a Swede, arguably most famous for playing a Russian, Ivan Drago. Never heard of him. In Rocky IV. As always, we visited the fabulous branching out bottle shop the beer selection came in chris was working so we we're talking about it i saw the old rasputin and i was like well that's a strong contender there was a couple of other choices but i'm like no nah, i'm going with that one so uh with that casey why don't we sample this beer okay you brought your i brought my coaster with me okay <laughs> oh that's terrible todd you shouldn't drink any more yeah, of that i'll take, you'll take I it, got it buddy. so i'll tell you this is wow, uh, that's good have we had this before we have not had this before. We have had other styles of Russian, Russian Imperial, Imperial. What did we have a Russian Imperial we, for? Uh, Boris the Spider for the first Spider-Man movie. That's exactly what I'm tasting. We had another one that was not quite as smooth for... If only there was... A it's pe- literally yeah. downstairs. Eric Howd, thank you very much for doing this. Let's take a pause, and we'll get it, and we'll figure it out. That's right. And we're back. We're back. Okay. Good friend of the podcast, member of the TSPHC Army. Yes. Eric was kind enough to put together a really cool rundown of really the synopsis of the first 20 episodes, right? Yeah. What we were drinking, what the rating was. We had given out a call for someone to make a list of just the beers that we drank, but Eric went above and beyond and did our ratings for the movie, if we had special guests, all kinds of great information. Yeah. Episode 15, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, we drank Left Hand Brewing Company's Wake Up Dead Russian Imperial Stout. That one was if you, that, that was one a was little a, more. That bitter, was a rough. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was yeah. that was rough. But this is, I feel like I've had this before. But where would I have had it if not on this podcast? Because this podcast is making me more of a beer drinker. <laughs> usually, a, sorry, Danny. I'm usually a hard liquor kind of guy. Sure. Well, I'll tell you, this beer approaches that line. It's very drinkable. But what's the uh, alcohol content on it? One moment. That would be a nine percent. Oh, the little peek behind the curtain. We are not recording at night. No, uh, it is un- two un- o'clock unusual. in the afternoon. Danny, I promise I'm only going to have one of these. That's right, I, Danny. I am going to send him home with the second one. Yes, he is. <laughs> okay. I'm getting like a like a chocolate, like you get with a Russian Imperial. Yeah, so it's a stout, mm-hmm. right? It's in that family. Mm-hmm. Um, the Russian Imperial, they they bump up the alcohol content. I believe that was to help them keep longer. I think beer. the beer or the Russians. Yeah, the, the beer, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But if there's a yeah beer uh, aficionado wants to uh, enlighten us on that style, yeah. well, my brother now uh, is uh, not a sommelier. That's with wine. Is there a beer the, version of that? I I feel like there is. 
<laughs> if only there was a device. Anyways, while you look it up, what his title is, Kyle now works for a brewing company called Lone Eagle Brewing Company. We uh, had some of it on the Planet Hulk episode. We shared a, one of those. I can't remember which one. Uh, we'll drop it in right here. New England Chowder, C-H-O-W-D-A-H. So he, maybe he'll be able to give us a better definition of what a Russian Imperial Stout involves. Yeah. So the beer sommelier or a Cicerone. Ooh. So a sommelier would also count for beer. Interesting. Wikipedia calls it a beer sommelier or Cicerone. Well, also Wikipedia says Stellan Skarsgård's name is Stellar Skateboard. So, Which is awesome. <laughs> So beer, uh, big hit. And of course, if you are in the Syracuse area, you got to check out Branching Out Bottle Shop. 100%. Over in Township 5. Uh, frankly, I would challenge you to find a better beer selection in, in this area. I would also challenge you to find a place with a cuter dog. That's <laughs> true. Barley the Shop Dog Rock Is the best. Carissa has been putting Barley in more and more pictures. I'm like, I see what you're doing. Play to your and strengths. I like it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, so covered the beer. So we usually have reshoots and reactions here, but it's the first episode. We don't know if anyone has any reactions to anything. We don't have any for Incredibles as of this recording. Yeah, we're current as of right now. Yes. Um, so that would move us to the Rotten Tomato score for this movie, which is a... 28%. That is fucking generous. It really is. So this movie came out in 1989. Now technically. We, technically. So yeah. Is we, this where we say that we figured out we Post recording, yeah. that this is not a theatrical released movie. It's a not a U.S. I'm, theatrically released movie. Well, uh, so filmed in Australia and had a theatrical release in Australia. This was filmed in Australia. Yes. Really? Yeah. The actor who played Shake is an Australian, Australian actor. Yeah. I knew that, but I just thought he was yeah. a transplant. No, no. And That's how they got some of these people in yeah, this movie. Yeah. Like Louis Gossett Jr. is like, "Oh, we're going to Australia." Fuck yes. Well, I'll tell you On where... your dime? I'll tell you how they didn't get him was in the budget. But I'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. This movie is directed by Mark Goldblatt. Doesn't have a lot of directing credits. He directed Shocking. this cop buddy movie called Dead Heat. Oh, sure. With Joe Tr Biscopo and Treat Williams. Where oh, Treat Williams I'm is dead. thinking of Red Heat. Yeah, no, this is Dead Heat. <laughs> okay. If I remember right... So I've seen that movie. If I remember right, Treat Williams plays like a cop who gets... He's like killed in the beginning of the movie... And he's, I think, so trying, it's Ghost Cop. I, I, R.I.P.D. Yeah, like Ooh. he actually has very impressive credits as an editor. Some of the many films he has edited, okay, include Terminator Two: Judgment Day, Ooh. for which I believe he was nominated for an Academy Award for editing. And that would have been <laughs> that would have been the same year this came out on video in America, ninety one. Oh Jesus, yeah. Uh, <laughs> X Men: The Last Stand, Armageddon, what? Starship Troopers, True Lies, Whoa. Commando. Predator 2, Halloween 2. He has some impressive editing credits. There's a lot of Schwarzenegger there's in there. There's a lot of Schwarzenegger, yeah. Are they buds? Well, I wonder. Yeah, I, I don't, oh, there's a lot of Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. And you know what I didn't look up was almost cast, but I guarantee you Schwarzenegger was on the short list and of course, for this movie at as some I, point. As I'm saying, a lot of Stallone. I didn't actually read any Stallone movies. I think, as I was looking through, I think Rambo, First Blood Part 2, uh, he had that one as well, and there was maybe another one. There was a Stallone movie, I thought. So yeah, so he, but maybe he was in that mix. What of was guys. that arm wrestling movie they did? Over the top. Was it? I don't. It was probably that. That's a great fucking movie. It's in. Oh, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. Uh, also <laughs> written by this guy Boaz Yakin, who wrote a few things: The Rookie, which was a Clint Eastwood, Charlie Sheen movie; mm -hmm. The Prince of Persia, the one yeah, with, with Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Really? Um, now you see me. From a couple of years ago, the magician, con men. Oh yeah, with uh, Morgan Lex Freeman Luther. and Lex Luthor. Boaz Yakin also directed. Remember the Titans. Never saw it. 
Remember the Titans? Was Never saw it. Oh. Yeah, oh, no, no, I know oh, what it you is. Know, it's okay. The subject matter, I'm like, mm, oh, everyone's dead. Movie? No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, I'm fine with a sports movie. It's oh, the, everyone dying. The yeah. horrible death in the beginning of the movie. Spoiler. It's in the trailer. It's in the trailer, really yeah. Spoiler. Uh, but the Boaz Yakin, this was his first screenplay, and it was you know, it was made into a movie pretty quickly uh, as a young man. I would argue you can see that. Uh, but in any event, $9 million budget. What? $9 million budget. Was 7.5 of that to get Louis Gossett Jr.? Don't forget a million for eyeliner and moose for <laughs> there, there's, Dolph there's Lundgren. A, and hair dye. And hair dye. There is a makeup moment that we will get to. Okay. Oh, awesome. man. Finding the box office totals or, or you know world receipts, mm-hmm. hard to do. I, I've not been able to find it. So I looked at a couple places. If somebody has a line on what this grossed. It showed in the U.S. at a festival. I'm going to... So there was no box office there. There was no box office here. We talked about this. I remembered seeing it like in the early 90s on like Cinemax. I remember seeing it in my local movie store growing up. Sure. Kids, a movie store is like (laughs) Netflix, but you go into a store and pick up... That's right. (laughs) ...a VHS. And a VHS is kind of like a Blu-ray. Are those still relevant? (laughs) That's right. Just ask your parents. Yeah. So we did fuck up on this. This does not meet the rules for our podcast. So didn't please have a... don't add us on yeah. this one. Yeah, we, we, we know. know. And we've already paid the price. So <laughs> if we Yeah, if for we those had... of you who maybe watch the movies afterwards, don't watch this movie. Don't ever. Oh. <laughs> All right. Now we've talked a little bit back in episode, what did you say, 15? Something right? like that, yeah. Um, about the Punisher. And his origin. It was Amazing Spider-Man. 129, February 1974. It's a great cover. It's Frank Castle. Well, it's a great cover except for the logistics. I don't know much about guns, but I know if you're snipering. Snipering? Is that sniping? A word? Sniping. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, if you're sniping, you're not going to stand and hold the sniper rifle in your hands like he is on this cover, but it looks like he's taking out Spider-Man in the yeah. cover. And you're like, oh my God. It, technically, that's not a sniper rifle. <laughs> It's it, sh- it's a, it's a rifle with a scope, so that by itself wouldn't. See, this is how little I know about guns. The firearm on the cover, mm-hmm. if you look at it, it almost looks like a shotgun. It does. It looks like a shotgun. The idea of a scope on a shotgun is ridiculous. I certainly would not call that a sniper rifle. I now sniper rifle would have a closer, very long yeah, yeah, barrel. Sure. You know, that's at best some kind a of a weird Tommy gun? comic assault rifle. No, it's definitely not that either. <laughs> Can you read what it says to introduce him? <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me yeah. let me do it in the... Uh, yeah. Oh, oh yes. Please do it. He's different. He's deadly. He's the Punisher. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to share this cover. If you go out to our website, tsphc.com, click on episode 15 post. Uh, because we did. Oh, did you share it already? I did. Oh, so there's a, right. there's a link out to it on that post. So you'll see it about midway down. Because we referenced that, I think, maybe when we were talking about the, the Sinister Six or the Spider-Man's Who we would like to have as villains. And I pointed out that Punisher wasn't. Yeah, yeah, originally. yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're going to have some problems with the characterization in the movie here. The only thing they get right is his family being killed. Yeah. That's pretty it's, much it. Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, so I can't remember. So Ray... The guy from Rome. Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher. Um, Titus, Vol- Falstaff. Titus. Oh, was he Falstaff? No, uh, Vol- the, the, the. Uh, Volstag. Volstag. Vol- in, in uh, Thor. <laughs> is he a Shakespearean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Ray. F- is it Fisher? Fisher. Are we paused? Are we very I'm positive? 110%, okay. but okay. I'll look at it. I'll look at no, it. No. I got it. I can't remember. So he did a Punisher Warzone. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed, of- directed by Lexi Alexander. 
Oh, really? Going to be sadly one of the only female-directed movies in Thor's helmet. That's crazy, right? That's sad. Um, but so I can't remember. I feel like I watched maybe twenty minutes of that one, and I was like, you know what? I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if they got his hey, origin. It's one hundred percent Ray Stevenson. Oh, <laughs> it, Casey, you Fish, leave this in. You Fisher leave this Stevenson. In. It's right. it's close. Enough. Who is Ray Fisher? Oh yeah. Fisher Stevenson is the guy from... Fisher Stevens. Stevens. Is Benjamin Javari from Short Circuit. <laughs> I, I love that you knew his character name. That's impressive. <laughs> it's a joke in the second one. Benjamin Jarvi Javari. Oh, hello. So, and by the way, that man is not Indian. Really? Oh, no. He's a white dude. So, again, movies that are problematic because of brownface. Ray Stevenson in the Punisher Warzone movie. I can't recall if they got his origin right. I would. I, it probably doesn't matter because I remember the movie opens up like he's. I think he's straight just a up Punisher because c- yeah. it's like an unofficial sequel to the Thomas, Thomas Shane. Shane, which also gets it wrong. There, he's a DEA agent. He's Here, a DEA agent, and also his like entire family gets killed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's an extended Everyone. family reunion. They really go. Overboard. I'm like, could you stop now? Yeah. Right. Jesus. Second cousins. Um. And then in this one, of course, he's not actually... He doesn't even he's wear a, the fucking he's not skull a war, on his he's, chest. He doesn't. He's not a war veteran. He's a cop, which, again, I was not thrilled originally with the casting on Netflix of... Barenthal. Um, Ber- John Barenthal's The Punisher. I will admit I'm I'm growing into him as the role. That's I, I'm growing to like him there in that go. role. That's better. <laughs> he, but at uh, least they get that right, that he is a soldier. And I will say, I, I have not watched much of The Punisher TV show, but I remember him from... Daredevil, and sure. I will say that he uh, looks just like John Romita's Punisher. That nose and everything. I'm like, oh, that's the fucking yeah. Punisher. Yeah. Spoiler, they don't get it right in this movie. But they, I don't think, I would say the closest they've come is the Punisher Netflix. Netflix, yeah. There he is an Iraq war veteran. He's a mm. highly trained soldier. That at least makes sense. That shit crazy. That too, yeah. <laughs> so we've gone over the character as best we can because this is not as good as it could be with sure. explaining the character. So I think this is the point when we're going to hear. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. This movie's title sequence. Fucking weird. I have the note. Opening credits. I already hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's the weirdest thing. Like they use shots from late, like in the movie in this like montage of. Do you know what like, it reminded me of? It's Batman 66. <laughs> Because <laughs> it had the same uh, monochromatic Mon- yeah, colors, yeah. but the, like purples and I'm like, w- it, yeah, what is happening? It, it, it's fucking weird. It, look, if if you're on the fence about watching the movie and you one, if you get it, I mean, I bought it off of, I think I bought it off of eBay for five bucks or something. Sure. If you get your hands on this movie and you sit down and you press play, and within the first thirty seconds, if you're like, oh, these credits are fucking weird, you know what? Just opt out. Yeah. Just exit. Go find, go watch Iron Man, Ooh. which is a better Marvel movie, which maybe we'll pull tonight. I was like, that's my first note. This is a fucking weird title segment. Did you feel like the person in charge of looping for the movie for the ADR <laughs> was Reb Brown? Oh, yeah. The, the, the ADR in this movie, I'll say it now for everybody, five yeah. Reb Browns. Ooh, that's not good. It is not good. It is horrible from the reporter. Look, 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 there's somebody there. I got the tight shot. Who is that? Tim Moretti's ADR right there at the beginning. Mr. Moretti, how does it feel to be finally acquitted? It feels great. 
just ripped. Mr. The government says it's going to appeal. How do you feel about that? I'll let him appeal a hundred times. I'll still win. This is America. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> I'll say this. I guess in terms of story structure, if I can throw this movie a bone, they don't fuck around in the beginning. Right? They get right to it. They yeah. get right to it. It literally opens with a news announcer reading the news. After nearly five years of appeals, Dino Moretti, reputed lieutenant of the Franco crime family, was released from prison today and acquitted of all charges in connection with the murders of police officer Frank Castle Wait and his family. He's the one who put the hit out on his family? Because he was jumping to the end... Franco right. says it wasn't easy to put the hit out on his family. Well, now there's a little bit of a continuity issue there. Right in the beginning, the news announcer says that Dino Moretti, this guy who's just been released on an appeal, uh-huh. uh, is a lieutenant in the Franco crime family. Oh, I missed. At the okay. end of that, I clearly at the end was of that, yeah. So he would work. He Johnny Franco would tell him what to do. But then at the end of that opening segment, there as Dino Moretti is getting into the limo and leaving, yeah, yeah. they say something about like the boss, mm-hmm. like, you know, like the boss is back or something like that. Well, if you're the boss, that's, you're not the you're lieutenant. Not the lieutenant and, yeah. So I thought that was a weird continuity thing. But in any event, he's out. But the Punisher is already in the news at this point. So they reference uh, that... You what know, is the, it about? He's been around five, five years. years. Right. 125 kills in five in years. In five years. It's a nice round number for both. Well, 25 round, a but, year, which yeah. is not that active. One every two weeks. I feel like in this crime-ridden gangland, mm-hmm. that's amateur numbers. you got to get those numbers up. I mean, it's now Loki and Avengers. That's right. that's right. He killed 80 people in two days. He's adopted. They don't fuck around. Punisher is already killing people. The news are already aware of them. As we'll see in a few minutes, the police are already on his trail. So I guess, like, okay, great. We're starting off with the action, yeah. I guess. Another batshit crazy movie just like this one, Face Off. Doesn't much better, but the beginning of the movie feels like the end of the film. This feels like the end. The Punisher coming to get his comeuppance on yeah. this person who killed his family. So sure. I'm just like, so where's the rest of the movie? Well, sadly, they stretch it out for 90 more minutes. Maybe this will be something for the end, but would this part of the movie worked better at the end? Like well, have the whole I want, kidnapping of the kids and everything. So I want to talk about that whole... <laughs> so there's a theme here that we'll get to in a few minutes. Sure. It's a weird story structure. The whole um, thing, yeah. When I, when I read that this was the writer's first screenplay, to be fair, you I might have... want to go back to school. I have zero screenplays in my credit, so it's not like I'm an expert, but it just it feels like there were weird plot things patched together. But we have both watched enough movies that we know how the story structure of a film should go. Maybe we can't write it, yeah. but we know when it's kind of wonky (laughs) yeah so moretti gets to his mansion right he sends his thugs through the house to check the house and the mansion is like the epitome of 80s sure but the first thing he does he split the party oh yeah always a horrible idea. never watched a scary movie in their life and who stays with the guy who is presumably under threat from the punisher nobody nobody he's like nobody what is he he says he's gonna go open the champagne. champagne yeah what a fucking idiot. So they split the party. The Punisher, I think we see his boots at first, maybe with the knife. Those boots with the metal heel making that clanking noise. I'm like, that's not very stealth, it's Frank not very Castle. Stealth. Yeah, yeah. Punisher breaks in. He stabs the first guy, kicks another guy off like a second floor balcony, then drops a noose onto the third guy's neck, strangling him. Moretti comes out, literally bearing a tray of champagne flutes. <laughs> Moretti has this wild expression of terror. And then it's like we're supposed to be the Punisher because we're seeing it like he's mm-hmm. approaching Moretti. Moretti takes out his gun and fires at the camera. Outside, there's a gaggle of news crews. 
and they hear a gunshot from the mansion. They go running towards the house. And I have a problem there because many gunshots have gone off before then. When the Punisher gets the guy with the knife, the guy does the classic oh, action I movie. D- I'm going to fire off. Got I'm, it, like, sure. I'm, not, I'm not sure that's really what someone would do in that situation. It just looks cool yeah. on film. But like suddenly a handgun is the one. They're like, oh, is there something? That's a fair point. Is there something that's happening That's a fair point. There? As they rush the house, there's a minor explosion that blows out all the windows in the front door. Yeah. Moretti comes staggering out. Oh, wait. It. We're missing the mirror room from Tanger and Cash. Oh, yeah. That's the first guy. Right. The first henchman killed is suddenly on the set of Tango and Cash. Tango, Cash, Cash, and Tango. We see Moretti stagger out of the house with a dagger stuck in the middle of his back. He falls over dead. The news crews pan to the open doorway of the house as the house is starting to erupt in flames. We see this dark, shadowy figure, Dolph Lundgren, the Punisher, uh, framed. He Frank looks Castle. at them, turns around. Yeah, exactly. Goes back into the house, and then, of course, the house explodes uh, into smithereens. And the Punisher's dead. And, and roll credits. credits. And that's a movie, folks. <laughs> so thanks for coming for the Super Pod Hero cast for this week. First of all, how dare you both? The t- oh, yeah, okay. Uh, fuck. Okay, let's go through the whole thing. So oh. <laughs> now we cut to a like a first-person perspective on the camera as it's moving through these sewer tunnels. So I was looking for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I was too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, now we I've, could pull that today, and that would be okay. That would be better than this. <laughs> well, uh, it's a pretty low bar, Todd. It's a, it is a low bar. Uh, I, <laughs> because I'm a glutton for punishment, I grabbed the voiceover that we hear the Punisher as the camera's navigating through the tunnels. Can I let me let me take a crack at it at, at the Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, okay, and we'll see ahead. how it goes. <clears throat> Come on, God, answer me. Five years, I'm asking you why. Why are the innocent dead and the guilty alive? Where is justice? Where is punishment? Or have you already answered? Have you already said to the world, here is justice, here is punishment, here in me? There's a little bit Arnold at the beginning. There. It was, was a little like, bit come on, God, I was trying to get the Swedish there. <laughs> but it's a really cheesy voiceover. Oh, and what is this whole flying through the sewers buttoned with? Oh, his, Dolph Lundgren's ass. His glistening, oiled ass. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I have no problem with the male form. Acknowledge, yeah, look, he's a he's a, he's a, but, a physical specimen. But it was like dirty. And like I understand he lives in the sewers, but I'm like, is this necessary? Well, so he's clearly in like his sanctum and he's like kneeling. We're coming up behind him. He's naked, glistening. It's By almost a fire. like he's, me- he's like meditating or something. Yeah. So they come up and then as the button on the line here in me, then we cut to a close up of his face, mm-hmm. which kids, I'll tell you, don't ever do meth. It's a hell of a drug. That is not a good look. It's not he's a got about a pound of eyeliner on. He has made up stubble. Because oh, he's blonde, he's blonde, so he yeah. wouldn't be able to have that kind of stubble. It's horrible. <laughs> it's so bad. Horrible. Just have him be clean shaven if he has a blonde beard. Yeah, I would absolutely. rather that than the distraction he, of... He looks like he needs a bath throughout the entire movie. Sure. And then we get a quick flashback of his family being killed in a car bomb explosion. And this is, again, the tie back to the character. So, you know, correct that his family's killed by mobsters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's about as close as they get to it. From there, there's, there's nothing. Yeah. yeah. And then we have... One of my favorite actors. Jaws 3's Louis Gossett Jr. I would... Last generation Samuel L. Jackson. 
He would have played Nick Fury. He would have played Nick Fury, right? He's almost playing it here. He's playing like a pre-Shield Nick Fury here when he's like right before he becomes really disillusioned and he's he's got to go outside the system. Lieutenant, are you sticking to your theory that the late Frank Castle and the Punisher are the same person? Absolutely. Despite the fact that the official police department statement that Castle died with his family. Do with your time. It's two o'clock in the goddamn morning for Christ's sake. Yeah, Louis Gossett Jr. is the best in this movie. Uh, Some of my favorite movies... Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle. Officer and a Gentleman, first of all. Brilliant. Oh, right, yeah. Right, that one. Uh, Chappie. Enemy Mine. He's in Chappie? No, no, I'm sorry. His character name. Oh, (laughs) that's right. His character... I'm like... I'm sorry. Oh, no. He got roped into that shit, too? Enemy Mine with Dennis Quaid. Great movie. Which is a phenomenal movie, right? Like, Louis Gossett Jr. is a good actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's angry black man Wait. throughout almost all of this movie. So Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. were in Enemy Mine and Jaws Three. Was Dennis Quaid in Jaws Three? I don't remember Jaws. He's Michael. 3. He's Michael. Oh, is he the is he yeah. the protagonist? Yeah. Oh, so Louis Gossett Jr. I like his actor. So he is Jake Berkowitz. Which I would ask the question: Is that an odd name for a black man? Berkowitz. Is this a character from the comics? I I don't think so. But I'll, and they I'll just look. blind cast because if they did, that's the best thing this movie did. Oh, hang on, Jake Berkowitz. No. Oh no, no. Okay, that's linking to a real Jake Berkowitz. Let's see what. No, 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 no. Jake no. Berkowitz. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, he only appears in references to this movie. Okay. So he was made up for this movie. Yes. Which still is the best thing they did in this movie. Yeah, I mean, except we'll eventually learn a backstory about him, right? So he has oh, this connection yeah. to Frank Castle. Not right? a fan of the backstory. And then he's a hostage at the end. Like, So this is the piece where I feel like you see an early screenwriter putting a lot of concepts together that don't necessarily yeah. fit. You know? Now that you say that, I, I see now why he puts the so paint-by-numbers... Backstory to the cop. Sure. So Berkowitz was a brilliant cop, but an alcoholic. And he, at his bottom, Frank well, Castle even, pulled him even. out, right? Like, like I wanted to be, I wanted to learn from the man who wrote the book on it, right? And Frank redeems Berkowitz by kind of bringing him out of his alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to the end, you know, when, when uh, the Punisher is in jail, Berkowitz goes him trying to basically pull Frank out of his nightmare. It feels like that mirror dualism that has to exist all the time, which is stupid. I, I actually liked the jail scene a lot. The scene standalone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, other than the Blue fact Scott that he's... Jr. is acting the shit out of it. Other than the fact that the Punisher is in jail and he is in all of the clothes that they brought him in. Right. He should have been in a jumpsuit. Yeah. And yeah, it's... yeah. It, uh, first of all, if he's such a homicidal maniac, he would not have had his belt. He would not have had his... Uh, suspenders, the, none of that because uh, it's a hanging hazard. So the jail cell has a like an actual cot that moves. Uh-huh. It has a folding chair. Again, the, just, just some weird now, choices. Are these just how jails are set up in Australia? Okay, that's a fair question. I don't know. Maybe okay, we'll give them a pass for that. Uh, so oh, no, I'm not giving them a know, pass. I'm just saying. So Jake Berkowitz is the cop who is the only person in the department that believes that Frank Castle is the Punisher. Everyone else believes that Frank Castle was murdered along with his family. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of doing like the rogue cop trope. You know, like he's the one man who believes it against everyone else. He's got three days to retire. He's got three days. I'm too old for this. Oh, wait. But, nope. That's a different that's franchise. A different Could you imagine if this had become a franchise? Uh, no, I cannot. Uh, no, they were setting it up to be a franchise. Very, uh, cool. yeah, I would say they were. Okay, leaving it open ended for a sequel. Okay, that's fair. 
Thank God it did Thank not Thank God happen. it did not. Berkowitz is approached by a young, attractive female detective. In fact, the second youngest cop in the force to ever make detective. Well, you must make your parents very proud. And she, of course, also believes that Frank Castle is the Punisher. So now mm-hmm. she's got Berkowitz's attention. He tells her, You know where my office is? You'd be there at 9 o'clock. Sharp. Oh, and he drives away. Sharp is such a piece. Of, I hate that. Yeah. We're at the airport, and we see Johnny Franco has returned from Europe to lead his family. He's not afraid of the Punisher. He's got a plan to bring in... 600 kilos of pure junk to come in. Now, I'm assuming they mean heroin. No, they just mean junk. It's just the film reels of this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, because it was going to be worth, like, what do you say, $500 million or something? Oh, well, yeah. So it's clearly not not this movie. Uh, But he's got this plan to not just solidify his family's powerful power, but like unite all of the crime families under this massive windfall of narcotics money. And I, he is not worried about the Punisher. I don't... Oh, I remember him saying that, but I don't remember any of that other plot. Y- Interesting. Yeah, yeah, so we see him. He arrives at the airport, um, and then there's a meeting with basically one of his lieutenants, a blonde guy, which I'm like, again, the mob, you're really pale there, <laughs> Sicilian. Franco is played by a that guy actor. Sure. Right? I'm going to attempt his name. Go right ahead. He's Dutch. Mm-hmm. I be- I'm, I'm going to attempt it. Jeroen Krabbe. I look at this guy as if he is the Lexus guy and the Merovingian from The Matrix Reloaded had a <laughs> <Yeah>. baby. <laughs> and it's this And he dude. put on 200 pounds. Well, that's where the Lexus guy got it, got it, comes from, too, because he was, he was a large man. Yeah. He's such a that guy actor is you'll recognize him, but even if I tell you the roles, you kind of need to like go see it. Yeah, I remember seeing him in other things, but I don't remember anything. The Fugitive... Famously, he's oh, the other doctor he's who's the other doctor, right? The one who sets up, puts everything yeah. in motion. Whoa, whoa, spoilers! Spoilers, right? I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Yeah, uh, so he's a that guy actor. I mean, we'll yeah. we'll link out to him um, with a picture. I, I and think stuff. if we just put up the picture, most of our listeners will go, "Oh, that guy, that guy." Right. <laughs> so now we are introduced to a very interesting character by the name of Shakes. And why is Shakes there? Why is he called Shakes? There's two ways that I looked at it, because he's constantly talking in iambic pentameter, or he's the raging alcoholic that is constantly looking for his next fix, so he has the Shakes. Shakes, Yeah. In any event, it's all open to interpretation, because they never tell us any of that. Nope. He's in a bar. He says something... He basically hits like hits up a guy for money. Whatever you can spare will be sufficient, I think, to stand this old thespian in a very stiff What the hell's a thespian? An actor, sir. Oh, sure. A little Easter egg for us Marvel fans. Did you see who throws him out of the bar? I don't remember who. It's Blade. Todd. <laughs> it's not Blade, but it's a guy. Who, oh, it's a Wesley. It's discount Wesley Snipes. It's a discount Wesley Snipe. I mean, like <laughs> with the haircut oh, and the eyeglasses right. and everything, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's Blade. Oh, there he is. So then he walks outside, and there's this RC truck, like a little toy. Tr- yeah, that's toy got truck. a bottle of booze, scotch. Yeah, and he follows it for some bizarre the, reason. It's fucking weird. It's yeah. just he follows I, it around the corner. To the boots of... And then is murdered. The Punisher. That's right. And story. Oh, wait, no. Okay. Oh, no. Damn it, there's more to it. Yeah, so, again, weird shit that is never explained. So, actually, and I think his name is Shake. I don't even think it's Shakes, which make Shakes arguably makes more oh, sense. I thought he called them Shakes. I think it's I, in, I think it's Shake, which, again, makes no sense. You're but uh, inexplicably, this alcoholic rhyming actor... Mm-hmm. 
disheveled, down his luck, basically a bum. I mean, it's kind of the way he's portrayed. Sure. Somehow has the Defended. most secret levels of intel on the mob. Right. Because Shake knows that the dope is coming into Pier 30, and he knows that the mob has been unified under, under Franco. How do we know this? No fucking clue. There you Doesn't go. matter. Doesn't matter. That's right. <laughs> For those at home, I wave my hand as if <laughs> casting a spell. That's right. Where are we next? Are then, we we, then we go to the docks. Yeah. 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 So, so presumably, okay, the dope's coming in. This is the yeah. worst choreographed fighting I have ever seen in a movie. Ever. And hang on to that theme because we'll use it a lot here. <laughs> For an action movie, there's not any kind of satisfying action. Nope. Never. Not a bit. There is one satisfying moment of violence that we'll get to. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's the old, look, the, something's happened at the docks, and Punisher is sneaking around. Some weird things just appear. The first guy who gets killed there is a lookout who's sitting in a car and is stabbed <laughs> through the windshield, through the chest with a katana. Sure. Which we never see Frank use work. ever again. Oh, it wasn't Frank. Wasn't Frank. Okay, I missed that. Oh, there's a subtlety there. Casey, no, you, no, you can leave that in. Okay. It, that's fine, yeah. So the guys start getting taken out, and good point. So, yeah, the sword is not Frank Now, Castle. would we call this Frank Castle's first fight? Because we don't, can't really count the opening. That, that's the thing. Like, There's no resistance from anyone that we see in that first, when he takes yeah. out He's just taken guys. Out. Yeah. This is a fight. This is a fight. And it is awful. Oh, it's horrible. So Frank has a crossbow. There, there's no... <laughs> There's, He's Daryl from The Walking no, Dead. There's no like weapon of choice. There's no like signature weapon other than the knife, which is like his calling card. Which again, you have this iconic character with a great visual, and not every we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. Not everything that works in comics looks good in live action, but but we've but seen the, 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 the skull, skull vest works just fine. We've or seen a it motif. Work. Yeah, yeah. The only skull is the stupid makeup. Stubble he has to under his cheekbones like to give him, and at the very end of the knife, it's got a little yeah. Skull. He's got a skull pommel, yeah, which doesn't make any sense because he doesn't wear the skull. Why would he? What? It's fucking stupid. It would be like Captain America using batarangs. It it's just fucking done. They, they yes. don't nail. Yeah. Which I would, I would watch. <laughs> I, oh, I would watch that. Yeah. <laughs> My next note is suddenly ninjas, <laughs> uh, Asian assassins sneak onto this boat and kill the French crew. This is clearly about bringing in the drugs. The ninjas engage the mob in the battle. In the middle of this, Punisher's in the mix. He's got a sealed crossbow bolt tied to the cord. Sure. He shoots the guy through the chest into the side of a van and then uses that to zip lines through down to street level. And then he gets into this mix in this kind of three-sided battle. And suddenly this beat cop detective knows martial arts. He's incredibly lethal, but again, he's a cop, so that doesn't make sense. But It I makes more sense for him to be a soldier. And I don't ever remember the Punisher, like, he's proficient in hand-to-hand combat and fighting styles, and he is brutal, but I don't ever remember him having any martial arts expertise. He, he, the character, you know, goes back, what, 40 years at this point, right? So you can probably more, find yeah. different, different eras, but the origin with which... I most closely identify is he is a war veteran. Right. Yeah, the original comics, he's a Vietnam veteran. Netflix updated that to the Iraq Afghanistan conflict. Right, because it would be Jerry to modernize it. Sure. Punisher Which, at that point. But at least that's consistent with this idea of you're not a person who's whose vocation is to enforce the law, but mm-hmm. you you are a 
professional warrior. So at least that makes sense. But in the comics, he is more traditionally associated with firearms. Right. Because he has no superpowers. No. Right? Like, if you ignore the times, like, at one point he becomes an avenging angel and stuff. It's yeah. Well, yeah. Do, do you know what he was currently doing until, like, last month? Was he the Ghost Rider? No, he was War Machine. He stole the War Machine armor, spray-painted a skull on the front of it, and oh. was using that to kill people. Now... It's pretty that's badass. Pretty badass. Uh, yeah. You know, that's why I, I kind of think some of the best comics being written are not Marvel and DC. I feel like I feel like they they've run out of stories to tell with these characters. Shout out to Saga. Yes, yeah, Saga. One yeah. of the best comics right now. Uh, I'm reading Black Hammer right now. I Loving started, that. Yeah, 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 bar, yeah. I just haven't had time, but yeah, yeah that's uh, that's after we're done with this. After we're done with this, that's right. In the midst of this battle, um, Frank takes a knife to the chest by one of the ninjas. He uh-huh. falls into the water. Now we cut to the what's supposed to be. I'm, the next morning, the police are on the scene. They're figuring things out. They pull this van out of the water that Frank had stabbed the driver through the chest, and the van had gone into the water. They pull the van out. The driver's body falls out, and, of course, sticking out of his chest is the Punisher's skull-pommeled knife. So now they know the Punisher's involved. Now, I was just going to ask if the fact that it was a van was supposed to be like a nod to the comics with his, his van His that battle he van, yeah. I don't, I, I don't re- think they're that subtle. And also, I feel like maybe the screenwriter was just told, hey, this is a guy whose family died, now he kills a bunch of people. Write a script. Yeah. I don't think this guy did much research. This is one of those things where I'd rather it was the vengeancer, and it wasn't like, it was supposed to be like a unique property, because there's just, like, why like, call yeah. it the Punisher? You're there's just going to call it like the so Intimate dumb. or something, yeah. 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 Or Out for Vengeance. Uh, it's just exactly. the name of the movie, and he's Frank... Smith. We next cut to the Punisher inside his lair. Now, <laughs> we we talked a little bit about the difference between is he a police officer, is he a soldier? You know what he's not? He's not an EMT because we see the world's worst first aid ever as not he wrong. holds a Bowie knife over a flame until it's red hot and then presses it to the knife wound on his chest. That is a medieval He shit now has second doing. or third degree burns on top of the Well, the he's cauterizing wound. the wound. Sure, but th- that's not... So I would suggest that his choice of wound treatment is a poor choice. I would say to add to that, he should probably like they should show him popping some stolen uh, antibiotics. Antibiotics. Yeah. So you know what I would like to see? I would like to see him. Not uh, this movie. I would like to see him injecting a like a local anesthetic into the site. Okay. And then uh, and then irrigating the wound and then uh, some stitches perhaps and then packing with a clean dressing. That's what I would like to see. What I don't want to see is the fucking red hot knife blade searing his chest. Dumbest fucking thing ever. It worked Sorry. for Braveheart. It w- what year was Braveheart in? <laughs> I don't mean the year the movie was made in, right? No, I know. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, fucking. Du- it's again like these these dumb random action movie tropes, ideas, yeah. right? Like it just. It, I feel like you, they just threw him at the wall. How about this? The shot of Frank listening to the Yakuza's plan in his sanctum, whatever we want to call it, yep. the, the lair. Camera starts in front of him and comes around to the, the left side of his face. Yep, and the stubble makeup. Whoever put it on got some on his ear. Oh, my God. I missed that. The camera was like two inches away. From, I'm like, no one, no one noticed this. Nobody, like, again, from when they shot it to the editing bay to when they finally looked at the final product on a giant screen. Right. Well, probably they didn't because this entire movie is done with a synthesizer right. as the music. Right. So, right. But either even that, like, just cut it off before we get all the way to the year. Like, I feel like it wants to just close and be like, this is a mistake in the movie. Uh, or is it that nobody cares? <laughs> is it possible that 
There was something. too much coke to do. Nine million dollars. I, I mean, you know, they had to get to Australia, and also the Australia currency rate exchange. That's <laughs> probably where it gets to nine million dollars. Uh, yeah, it's. I think that sloppy attitude is that indicative of so many things in this movie. Uh, there, we're, no one cared enough to say, you know, this doesn't make sense. Not even sloppy. Like there's sloppy film production stuff, but then the next thing I have a note on is sloppy police work when she shows up when uh yeah well so so we've got yeah so first we have franco is briefing the mob on the yakuza oh right let's talk about that yeah so franco's briefing them on the yakuza the japanese mafia when all of a sudden this fierce woman lady tanaka the head of the yakuza enters and she's proposing that they take over the management of the operations and financial services the mob will do basically the grunt work it's uh, a buyout and the yakuza will take 75 percent of the revenue Franco refuses. Nope, they're going to go to war. Now we cut to Jake and Sam at the station house. Sam is using a computer. And again, in 89, <laughs> so first of all, she's using a, a DOS-based operating system. Yep. And much like the Kevin Klein movie, The January Man, Ooh. in which he uses a computer to assemble information to get an insight into the criminal's behavior, Right. she's using a computer to solve crime. And of course, Jake, the grizzled police veteran, you know, kind of scoffs at her. Now, what do you think you're going to do with that? Play Miss Pac-Man or something? And not even Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Fucking sexist. Then we go to Jake's desk. Now, his version of this is he has a map behind him <laughs> with red pins. And every time the Punisher kills someone, he puts a red pin in the map. Then he has a couple of other things. Including the uh, bullet casings and the knife that the Punisher has used in crime scenes. And... I'm sorry, shouldn't all this be in evidence? It's not even like he has a number of the shell casings. In. It's literally a, it's yeah. a cigar box, and he scoops in. Yeah, <laughs> I so don't bad. think. What if Jake is kind of shunned by the rest of the department because he's a shitty cop? Is that I'm going to have to go with that he's a shitty cop. You know, I wonder if that's a funny story. If like you, you kind of hit all the movie, the, the grizzled veteran tropes of a movie, mm-hmm. but nobody likes him because he's just bad at his, bad job. his job. Well, right there, he's not. Maybe we'll, yeah, maybe we'll. Yeah. We'll put it. We'll put a red pin in the map on that one. Come back to it. Um, but Sam has made the connection from Jake's map, which isn't. You know, he says that he basically he explores every angle on every location where the Punisher has killed someone. Mm-hmm. But Sam, you know, makes the connection that what if it what if it's below below street level? So she makes a connection that he's in the sewers. I would submit that the entrance of the ninjas. Uh, and the doc scene represents an odd left turn in the movie. <laughs> Suddenly ninjas. Suddenly ninjas. Now, I feel like when we get when we get famous and we have t-shirts, that's a t-shirt, I feel like. Suddenly ninjas. Suddenly ninjas. So, actually, suddenly ninjas <laughs> with a question mark. That, you know what? Move it along, guys. What starts as kind of a straightforward one man against the mob crime movie, but for the fact that he started as in superhero comics, right? right? It takes a weird turn when the ninjas enter. It then takes a further weird turn in that the Yakuza begin kidnapping the children of the mob. So there's a theme here, and I would argue the only theme worth discussing in this movie, this is a perfect example of the racist, xenophobic, yellow peril perspective. Yeah, right? I definitely felt that with this. Yeah, so the mob are bad guys, but you know who's even worse than the mob? Are those yellow... One of the mobsters uses the slur... No fucking way am I going to be a salary boy to some bunch of nips. In a later scene, did oh, you hear that? Oh, that's right. And it, it didn't register yeah. that it was a racial slur. So I start, oh, you know, God. if you start to look at this movie in terms of... I mean, there's a horrible exploration of the... Uh, not an explanation, exploration like... 
let's haul out and deconstruct this bad idea. It's like a they're using and wallowing in the yellow peril racism. It's well, horrible. Even to the point where Lady Tanaka at the end is in fucking kabuki makeup. She is. My right. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah, so there's a great wiki, Wikipedia page on about the, the yellow peril. Yellow yeah. peril, you know, it's a it's a racist, xenophobic perspective. Goes back to the late 18th century. I'm sorry, late 19th century, which is something that, like, even up to like five years ago in Hollywood, was still being used. Oh, sure. And nobody was really talking about it. Sure, sure. I would point out that it's a, you know, I, I I'm a true patriot mm-hmm. in the sense, in my opinion, in the sense that. I think we have to take responsibility for all of our history, including the ugly parts. A hundred percent. And you know, the United States has a has a long and unpleasant history of racism and xenophobia. What? Yeah, right. Thank so, goodness we're all done with racism. Oh, no, that's good. Yeah, we solved that. So this is 1989. This movie comes out. It's still a, a really prevalent point in entertainment. The same year, 1989, a movie that was much bigger in terms of production and marketing. It had a theatrical release. The Michael Douglas vehicle, Black Rain, is all about this like, oh, evil, wicked, arcane yes. society in Japan, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a few years later, we'll have the... Uh, oh, and I forgot to grab the name. But the Sean Connery, Snipes. Wesley Snipes, and Harvey Keitel was in that. I forgot about that. Uh, Rising Sun. Rising Sun, which... Yes, right there. Right there. Right, so 93... Uh, there was a very popular show in the late 80s, early 90s, L.A. Law. Oh, yeah, That yeah. starred Harry Hamlin, Susan Day, Jimmy Smith. Phenomenal show. So One of the best deaths ever in a show was Dana. She was on Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for one season. Uh, where the elevator doors open and she just... <laughs> in 1991, season five... Episode 17 of L.A. Law, there's an episode, Mutinies on the Banzai, which had this whole anti-Asian stereo stere, uh, storyline where the one of the lawyers at the firm, I think Blair Underwood, is... Fuck, I forgot Blair he, Underwood I think, was well, on might that have been one of his, That's for that's his first big be. notable role. Yeah. His three white clients are suing a Japanese company that had bought out an American firm uh-huh. and it had ostensibly promised the executives they would be retained and they were fired... And his summation of the case plays to every anti-Asian racist stereotype Ugh. as a strategy. Yeah. He wins the case. And then the, in a rare example of observation on the ignorance of the yellow peril, the judge on the bench, basically mm-hmm. after he sends the jury out, rebukes Blair Underwood. That was probably the most racist closing argument I have ever heard in 19 years on the bench. I just hope to God you realize that this verdict does not legitimize the crap you've been saying. It only means there's a market for it. Is that all? Yeah. That's all. Interestingly, a white judge rebukes a black man. Oh, like, so well. is it okay to undercut because it's a black man who's doing it, not a white man? So we got racist onion. There we go. The, the racist onion. Uh, but, you know, it's a weird twist in this movie, and I don't know that it serves a valid story. Pur- it does not. <laughs> I'm sorry. It does not serve a valid story <laughs> purpose. But somehow in all of this, the mob is bad, but those evil Japanese Yakuza, they're even worse. Because they don't even look like us. You know, that's the undercurrent, right? They don't even look like us. They're different than us. They're they somehow not mystic, humans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's such it's bullshit. A, it really is. And I think it turns, what it does is it turns a bad action movie mm-hmm. into a really shitty action movie. 
You're right. It, it definitely lowers the bar, which we'll get to at the end. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I do want to also point out, yeah, sure. Lady Tanaka gets a better backstory than Frank Castle. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's right here. Yep. The price you pay for bringing up either my Chinese or American heritage as a negative is, I collect your fucking head. Oh, wait, no, that's Kill Bill. Uh, this is her backstory. The only person she was ever close to was a twin brother. They grew up in an orphanage in Tokyo after the Second World War. They were inseparable. They lived together the whole lives. One day, he stuck the Yakuza for a lot of money, which he had no intention of paying back. Nothing happened to him because of her. Then other people started getting the same idea. Before she could become head of the organization, the other leaders demanded an act of absolute loyalty. You know what she did? She went home, cooked her brother a beautiful meal, waited until he had finished, and then slit his throat. And it's, I'm like, why, how hard would it have been for someone to give that a succinct backstory to Frank? You know, to this point, we don't really know why Frank is the way he is. We it, don't get it until that jail scene later. You could make a choice and say, and I'm, my memories of the comics are fuzzy. I, I can't directly point to a storyline that I remember mm -hmm. in terms of in the comics, the Punisher fighting the hand. It I, wouldn't surprise me if it, if it sure did. I'm sure it did. You know, the Punisher, as we see in the Netflix series, I mean, he does have a history with Daredevil, right? Because they're like mm -hmm. on opposing sides. Of the, I believe Matt Murdock in the comics also defended Frank Castle I feel like point. he did at one point. Yeah. So... You know, my point being, if you want to explore the Punisher versus the Hand, mm -hmm. listen, there's there's potential for that. That's that's was a storyline. Was it a rights issue? Probably. And also, we didn't write this fucking film. We don't need to do the research into why this person has a better back. It, that's the screenwriter's it, job. That's literally their job. I mean, I guess I'm like, pick what you want to be. Do you want to explore the Punisher's origins, where he's his family's killed by the mob? And those are his first targets. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go in a different angle and be like, you know, martial arts movies are hot. So let me let me do the Punisher versus ninjas. Oh, okay. I you could tell a story with that, but you end up with the, in this weird middle place where, you know, you throw in this vague yellow peril racism, and it it's just what the fuck did we watch? God damn it! And also. <laughs> Can we just please full pull fucking Iron Man, please. For we'll God's get to sake. it. A little fix, I think. Yes. And I can't believe we're going to go back to it. But when he's naked in front of the fire, <laughs> imagine Christian Bale in Dark Knight. Sure. Imagine Ben Affleck. I'm pulling from Batman, but he's the one I always sure. think of. Ben Affleck in Justice League, where you see his back. Have him have scars. He's been the Punisher for five years. Sure. Show that, yeah, he's good at it now, but there was a time where he got the shit kicked out of him. I would be a little more forgiving on this movie. It's still not going to get a great grade. At the okay. End. Yeah, we're polishing a turd here. So, I mean, the plot choices get more and more weird. So, the Yakuza headquarters, they are in the 45th floor of a 40 story skyscraper, right? Like, in, clearly in the middle of the city, they have the secret headquarters, which you step out of the elevator into a dojo. Again, Again, more. It's just fucking <laughs> the, the most ridiculous choices. Um, I mean, do we care? No. Kids are cat. Yeah. Who yeah. Oh, I, my who literal note for the whole kidnapping yeah. scene is the kids, the scene with the kid. Oh, the scene with the kids where they're like 
talking about the one kid's like, we're all mob kids. Sure, sure. And they're all like, what? We, we get this info no, dump. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Fuck it. So I'm going to give this mo- movie a rare nod. Oh. Now, it's a, in comparison, it's a poor example. <laughs> but a movie that would come out next year, in 1990, Goodfellas, famously has a, has a single take shot. Oh yeah, the single take shot in the casino in this. Yeah, so so I timed it. So it it starts at thirty four thirteen and goes to thirty four fifty eight. So a forty three second. That's pretty ambitious. Yeah, the difference with Goodfellas, the shot is beautifully lit. It is beautiful visually. This is this shitty, dark, grainy, dim. Uh, It was probably done that way to hide some of the edits. And also, you watched. Oh, I watched on D- Oh no, no, this DVD. was this is a, there is no edit in this. Okay, this, this is this is a forty three. Okay, I, halfway through it, I noticed it and I stopped and I backed it up and I watched it the whole way through. There is no. Okay, it's not like the old like somebody walks in front of the camera. And sure, there's like, a split the, second of black. Like Pavarotti walks in front yeah. to block the sun. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean it's impressive. Now again, a year later, you'll see Goodfellas do it, and you see a uh, a genius. You know, doing this sure. shot. Uh, this is impressive. If the Goodfellas shot didn't exist, you know what I would say. It's even it, it's impressive for the most of this movie, much like another movie I just rewatched, The Avengers. <laughs> is kind of shot like a TV movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The nine million dollar budget shows. So let's fast forward here a little bit. So the, the casino. Yeah. So the Yakuza have the mobs kids to get them to agree to the deal. Shake convinced Punisher that he's got to rescue the kids. Right. So Punisher breaks into the casino. He kills a couple guys, but he mainly shoots up the place. Right. And he tells them that every day the children of God is going to cost you money. And that's going to come into importance, that exact line, in a second. Okay. But first, most action stars we were talking about before we started, uh, Ben Stiller makes fun of it in... In Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder is when they shoot a gun, they get a really weird look on their face. Uh, Bruce Willis is almost like he's orgasming. He's making his <laughs> O face. This face makes it look like Dolph Lundgren is holding in a fart. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna fart this gun. But... Is it? He's only in a fart, and he doesn't. He doesn't trust it. <laughs> well, like he's, he's hesitant. Like, he's a little older. You yeah, never know. You never know. That's true. Oh, good lord! So then they go to a fun house. Yes, for no reason. Uh, because again, because it was again, cheap to shoot sh- there. Well, but again, Shake knows where the kids are held. How? Who fucking knows? They don't. T- it's also hey, Shake. There's a little thing called the police force. Yeah, yeah. You'd probably go to them. Fucking well. How does Shake know this? Why does he work with Punisher? Nothing that's explained. Shake's a man who needs money for alcohol, and we don't really need to talk about how he's making that money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty hand jobs. <laughs> so, in an attempt to de-Australianize the film, <laughs> the Punisher does walk into an abandoned. Is this the abandoned amusement park from Supergirl? Yes. Okay. I thought the same Th- thing. Okay. Uh, then he does walk into a fun house, and the big sign says Coney Island Fun Land. And that's where, when you said that this was shot in Australia, they did a good job of hiding the Australia of this movie. Like another one that doesn't hide it very well is not in. Shit, it may need to be in Thor's helmet. 
the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, the one that came out years ago. Yeah, yeah. With the original Rangers. Yes. It's supposed to take place in something Grove. I can't remember. I'm surprised I remembered the Grove part. That's impressive. But at the very end, they're like at a party because they've won. And the fucking Sydney Opera House is in the background. I'm like, guys. The most iconic Everyone knows like what that is. That's like Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> that is very clearly shot Vancouver. in Shanghai. It's oh, a, wait, it's Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That was one of his first technically American movies. That's, that's right. right. You're right. Techn- North American movies. <laughs> North yeah, sure. It's the continent. Yeah. So then he fights all these guys, and who kicks his ass and wins it? The white girl. Yeah. The, Time Which, out. again, so when we meet Lady Tanaka, when we see the inside of the Yakuza headquarters, there's these two bagmen, like Yakuza bagmen are bringing in money. Mm-hmm. We find, as they pass through the dojo... They find Lady Tanaka playing the piano while this very attractive blonde Caucasian woman Mm -hmm. is kicking a heavy bag. She's the femme fatale. But again, why? It's (laughs) never explained or explored, so who the fuck knows? So he's in the funhouse. Fucking funhouse slides. The dumbest fucking thing. And in a movie full of bad action sequences, so bad is a incredibly bad action sequence. Oh, so he's taken captive, right? And he's in the torture and odd choice of torture devices. Like almost a like- mechanical rack, like the, the old stretching rack mm-hmm. with motors. Mm-hmm. To stretch, but then let go. Yeah. It just feels like an odd choice. Yeah. I, I always thought of the rack as like it pulls you to a certain point. Oh, yeah. That hurts. Your body gets used to that, and then you're stretched more. In movies, it's always like got like a locking mechanism. So sure, it stays sure, sure. where it was. Yeah. And Listen, it, who the fuck? That's not what I want to quibble about. Oh. Frank Castle says when he's shooting up the casino. Every oh. day the children are gone. It's going to cost that you money. That was a very expensive question you asked at our place the other night. There's no question. <laughs> That's not a question. That is a statement. That's a fair... Fuck you, movie. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Grammar 101. That, look. <laughs> no, I was so big. mad I took up... Two lines to what? write. That's not a question. Casey, I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need a visual of that for the website. So but then everyone's gonna know my terrible handwriting. That's, no. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. <laughs> that, all those times in season one where I'd go, I don't know what this note says. That's right. <laughs> Frank is being tortured on the rack, but he's incredibly stuck. I mean, well, he is able to hold out. So he yells, but he reveals nothing. And then all of a sudden, the figure on the rack next to him, <laughs> covered in a tarp, who has been oddly silent considering he's not gagged. Uh, they rip the sheet off and it's Shake. And then of course, Shake, oddly, I think he like whimpers a little mm-hmm. bit. Frank Castle looks at Shake like, eh, I don't really he, care if you die. I, if I'm it's Shake, like, I'm not happy. It doesn't even show, like, again, Infinity War, the opening scene where Loki is just like, oh, whatever. You see like... Some acting happens? <laughs> yes. You see the, suddenly like, oh, wait, no, this does matter. I was sure. waiting for that. Yeah. Like, for him to, like, turn away and do that and then be like, all right, stop. Right. Something. Not doesn't happen. Nothing. So Frank is secured. His wrists are secured with basically, like, a hinged shackle <laughs> that is held on with a wing nut on the one side. So he's able to use his fingers to twist the wing nut. Which to, would work, but also... if no, you but know Why the, would you secure that? Why right. would you... Put it on the other side yeah, or... What? Or don't use a fucking wing nut. There's like, this great thing called master locks. Yeah, they are padlocks that you yeah, can... Yeah, it's... Fuck. So, of course, he... It's almost like the screenwriter himself. wrote himself uh, to a corner in the scene and said, how do I how get, do I get out of this? this? Yeah. Wing nuts. Frank escapes, uh, calls the guy over, grabs a gun, shoots him. Punisher puts the torturer... So Lady Tanaka left like her master torturer in charge. Uh-huh. Puts him on the rack, gets him to talk, 
And right before he walks out, pushes the button. Did you catch that he was wearing red he high heel shoes? Yes. What that seemed like an odd choice. Which I, yeah, I don't I even. I did. I now, noted that and didn't. Uh, the torturer. The, mm-hmm. the, male, the torturer is wearing the Asian red. male torturer who <laughs> right. was dressed in like a lab coat. Yeah. When he's on the rack, has is wearing a woman's high heel shoe. Yeah. Which I, which is like, weird. made me flash to a great Batman comic from the Elseworld, Batman Holy Terror. The Catholic Church wins. The Revolutionary War. Oh. The Church of England. We are part of the Church of England. Batman is a priest. Okay. And at one point he goes to see the Archdeacon. So not the Catholic Church, the Church of England. Excuse me, the Church okay. of England. Yeah, the Church of England wins. We are all under the Church of England so rule. we're all like a holy Literally, Anglican the American Empire. flag is the 13 colonies, the red and white stripes, but then it's the Church of England cross. Oh, wow. He's interrogating this Archdeacon, yep. and uh, he's not giving you information. Finally, he does, and he's like, no, you're going to kill me, right? He goes, no, I'm just going to leave you in the worst way possible, and puts him in a French maid's costume and ties him so that when people find him, they're going to find him in this. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, that's That's very bad. So was that like... Uh, well, I mean, well, this, he presses or are the we button to the... engage the motor yeah, that and walks away from it. He's dead. He's ripped apart. Yeah. It's not going to stop. Yeah. 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 Every time every time Frank and Shake were tortured, they would engage the motor to stretch him, and then they'd turn it off, and mm-hmm. it seemed, in, they implied that it released the tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This guy is straight up torn apart. Yeah. So there's all this torture happening in this one scene, and it's really, <laughs> right. like, intense and... Looks really painful. Looks like it would take a toll on you. Yeah, you know where they all should go? Where's that? They should go to 315 Chiropractic and Wellness, a veteran-owned small business specializing in chiropractic care, rock taping, personal training, fitness, nutrition, and life coaching. They offer discounts for first responders as well as referral discounts. You can send them messages on Facebook at 315 Chiropractic and Wellness. They can also be reached via email at 315chiropractic at gmail.com. If you're looking for a chiropractic appointment, you'll want to talk to Dr. Timothy Whiting. If you're looking for wellness and life coaching, you'll want to talk to Christina Watson. And you can also call them to make an appointment at 315-464-0030. Excellent. All right. We, now we, we get, see we Jake get, and Sam sloshing through the tunnels. We get the backstory, the backstory that we already talked about. Blah, blah, blah. Then the, the restaurant meeting. scene. Holy shit. The lady with the Uzi. The fucking old white lady with the uh, That U- was Uzi. the best. The Yakuza has not just assassins, not just Caucasian Walk of assassins, all, all walks of life assassins. Old church lady Jesus assassins. Jesus Christ, she was the best thing in this movie. So the mob guys, absent Franco, have agreed to meet with the Yakuza, right? Clearly right. to call some kind of a truce or something. Yeah, and Franco's like, and, I'm not going to be part of this. Right. So they picked the worst like crime meeting place ever it's a restaurant full of people and they're not in like a back room it's like they're just, in one side of the is it a restaurant or is it a fucking soundstage it's a soundstage <laughs> yeah it's fucking horrible and then all everyone else stands so lady tanaka comes in delivers an ultimatum and then ev- all the other patrons stand up mm-hmm. and again it's like the fucking old white lady with a gun i was like <laughs> what Never explored or explained. And Not then even a gun. Away. She has a fucking Uzi. Like one of the, and the most badass guns ever made. So dumb. So these mob guys are dead. Punisher steals a bus. <laughs> Punisher steals a bus to catch the kids. Yeah, he gets He's the got kids a Tommy out, gun. Except, you know, he goes back in for, for Kathy. But Tommy, who is Franco's son, the, right. the crime boss's son, uh, is left behind. Uh, I feel like in a very irresponsible tactical choice... 
Frank drives this bus full of children through the Yakuza blockade right. under gunfire. Right. Those kids are all dead. They're all dead. Keeps what? driving, then gets to a police roadblock, which, why were the police there? <laughs> Do we exactly? That's the right response. Suddenly, Who the fuck knows? The police. Suddenly, the police. <laughs> so when they're running through the warehouse, yeah. getting away, did you feel like the music that was playing when Tommy and the Punisher were running felt like... The music from Super Mario Brothers, like on an end boss. Oh. <laughs> I think even in the beginning this, it goes. Ba -na 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 -na. I was like, "Wait, time out! What? <laughs> That's not okay." It's a poor man's John Carpenter synthesizer <laughs> soundtrack. Even like the Princess Bride does better synth work. Oh than sure, this. and the Princess Bride synth work does not hold up. It is like the only part of that movie that you just go, "This doesn't work." Could oh, we? I, could we reorchestrate this whole movie with a full orchestra? God damn Deserve it. Could, it. You Could we that? do that? Yeah. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, so I skipped over that. So yeah. Frank ends up arrested. The kids are freed, with the exception of Tommy Franco, so Johnny Franco's son. Right. He's the only one that wasn't recovered. Punisher's in jail. And again, here's the weird scene with Jake. <laughs> Punisher I, is... So you say weird. I say great. Well, I, I mean, the, the acting between them... Is great. Is great. But the, even the dialogue. The, the cell, that is just sure, fucking Sure, the, the fact that he's not in an orange jumpsuit. Yes. Or any color he's jumpsuit. Got, he has his jacket I and would, his boots. I would take him in the stereotypical black and white striped. I'm like, That would sure, be a better choice. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we see a news report. So that so he's being... Oh, wait. Oh. And even, even if he was in that, when he gets freed, right, right, that right. could be the point where someone gives him the Punisher skull. Sure. We just, we just made this movie... Better? Better? Question mark? Yeah. We see the Punisher being put into a police van. He's being transported to the courthouse for an arraignment. And who's back there? The entire police force, right? Sure. No, no. It's just, just fucking Sam. Sam. Just Sam. Time out. He could snap her neck like a twig. What the fuck? And yeah. I'm not being sexist. It's just, just a bad idea. Even if it was a male cop. He's, this guy has killed 125 people in well, five years. Don't put just one cop back there with him and then have her sit next to him. Well, but did you also notice... So he's not in shackles. <laughs> he's in literal, like if you went to Home Depot and bought heavy chain link, like actual chain, like I'm going to tow something. Yeah. Like he has chains around him. I'm like, did they forget fuck? to bring the shackles from America? Like, what do we got? Well, we got a Home Depot. That's, that's <laughs> clearly what happened. Uh, but Sam explains that Jake was so upset that Frank refused his help that after he left the jail, Jake resigned from the force. <laughs> And so, it okay, yeah. has not been seen since. Uh, so yeah, it's fucking. So R.I.P. Jake. Yeah. So <laughs> now the the police van is intercepted. Mob guys break in. They knock out Sam. They spray Punisher in the face with a little aerosol. Aggressively spray. Like <laughs> the one guy spraying the whole time, and then the other guy's like, "Oh yeah, I got the spray too. I'm gonna join in now, right at the very end." Yeah, like, you had primary spray guy and backup guy who did a shit job. That's <laughs> clearly what happened there. So Frank, the Punisher, wakes up. He's chained to a wheelchair franco comes in and again in this weird twist where now the mob isn't as bad as the yakuza yeah. yep. uh, franco enlists the punisher to save his boy he refuses at first then we reveal franco is holding jake hostage right and now punisher agrees i have a question and maybe you can because you've been around more guns than me he agrees to the plan they're in the basement of this building explaining, you know, you got to set off this one explosion, which we'll get to the explosions in a minute. Sure. And then you got to press the button five, five minutes later. 15, 15 minutes, minutes later. later. Excuse yep. me. When Frank checks how much 
ammo he has and then takes the clip and taps it on his shoulder. Is that a thing? It is. Okay, so, what is he doing? So he's using the banana style clip for a like an M16 today, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so it's it's the iconic one that's curved. Mm -hmm. Those will hold 30 rounds. Are they the ones that go like they kind of Yeah, so on top all, of each so other? every so actually and I use the word clip, shame on me. They are magazines. The clip is the way the the ammu the, sh the ammunition comes in the boxes. They're on literal clips, clips yeah. um, that make loading the magazine faster. But mm -hmm. the magazine, so every magazine will will every magazine I've ever seen will like stack the rounds slightly offset. Even even on a handgun. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. It allows you to fit more rounds into the space. So it makes the makes it makes the magazine a little wider, mm -hmm. but you can fit more rounds into the like the vertical nature. Gotcha. So magazines are typically spring fed, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a spring at the bottom of that magazine pushing the individual rounds up to the top to feed into mm -hmm. the uh, chamber. If you put 30 rounds into that 30 round magazine, mm -hmm. sometimes they will stick or the spring won't move cleanly. So that tapping kind of like aligns them, seats them back against the back of the magazine so they feed cleanly. So you're telling me that this movie actually did something right? Uh, listen. Or is this just something Dolph Lundgren knew? He's a very smart man. He's a uh, Astro... Rhodes, he's a Rhodes Scholar. He's an astrophysicist. Uh, he's he not a, no, no, no. He's a chemist. Some sort of yeah, some, yeah. Some, some but something specific. Whatever it is, we don't yeah, need to look sure. up. But he's but he's a very learned man. So he may have already known this. It's kind of one of those like weapon handling tropes in movies. I've never seen it before. Oh really? Yeah, I can't think of a movie where someone's taken their magazine and like tapped it on their shoulder. It it, yeah, really. It's just kind of like getting them all to be seated fully against the rear of the magazine okay. so that they'll feed cleanly. This has been the Gun Corner. The Gun with, with Todd Panic. Panic. So not only has Franco enlisted the Punisher to save his son, but now Franco and the Punisher team up to assault the Yakuza headquarters. And didn't you wish that when they were doing the plan and you, the first time you see Franco in like his acid wash jean jacket. The denim jacket is Did so you just want the Punisher good. to be like, that's what you're going to wear? <laughs> it that's what like you're bringing. It, it seemed like an odd choice. Like he had all black on underneath. Sure. Great choice. But not even like a dark Denim. It was like acid wash. With was, a popped collar. Oh right? my God. Yeah. The collars in this movie are so 80s. It's very 80s, yeah. Uh Jake's leather oh, jacket. Yes. Now I'm not it's I'm like not gonna a, lie. It's like a I, ha I had a jacket like that. Sure. When it was appropriate to have a jacket like that. Uh well, I guess to be fair, this is a product of his environment. Now, Jake is being held by the mob. He's basically sitting hands behind his back, handcuffed sitting at a chair around a conference room. Mm -hmm. He does the old, I've got a pee ruse. He gets the guy to uncuff him. Uh -huh. uh, and actually a, a little bit of a funny, self-observant line. Hey, can I ask you a question? An IQ test required for this job? Oh, and of course, pushes no. him out. He himself. Mm -hmm. uh, knocks out another mob guy walking in with a pizza. And then eats the pizza off what, the floor. Because that's what mob that's what you know Italian mob guys, you, know, you, you have pizza well, yeah, that, or macaroni. Is that, that's is, a, that a, is that a, another racist little, moment in this bit. movie? Uh, and so now Jake is free. So we've we've removed this threat here. We could spend time talking about the assault on the Yakuza headquarters. I would ask why we would want to do that. I've watched a lot of action movies. It sure. is one of the worst action scenes in a movie. Only one interesting thing. When this was, was it Germany? Somewhere they took out them mowing down all the people. The first time you see yeah, when they get they so the entire dojo yeah. full of people is when Jake and the police force show up. I'm like. That might have been cooler because oh, you're just like, whoa, How what happened here?
Yeah. It, but no. a dumb fucking scene is what The only other yeah. two things I want to point out. Shakes is in charge of, or Shake, whichever one it is, yeah. is in charge of pushing these buttons. And of course, because he's a fucking dum-dum, he knocks it down a grate. Right. He uses his knife. Trying to recover it. To push the one button. What happens to the knife where he has to shoot it? Side note, shooting a remote is not going to make it work. Well, isn't that pushing the button really fast? <laughs> really fast. Yeah, yeah push, I was just push. like, if he had to hold it like, by the very end, and when he pushed it, it slipped and fell, and then he took the gun. Sure. and Just shooting it's not going to... Oh, Here's so a question. Dumb. Tell me what in that plan required them to knock out the power, because then instantly we get red lights instead of the regular... Normal lighting. Sure. To, like, why does it even matter? Again, a dumb fucking sequence. How about when the power goes out and they're in that hallway with those four other Yakuza? Yeah. And then the lights come, the red lights come on and they're not there anymore. And then they shoot them when they're walking down the hallway. But then they burst their way through. Like, there's no actual entrance or exit to that area. I'm like, are they wizards? Well, Did isn't they that operate the, to the other that, side? Isn't that they have the interior sliding... But they don't screens. slide it. That's what I'm saying is that like they break through afterwards to be like, yeah, this is how you get through this door. I'm like, or did they just forget how doors work? Listen, <laughs> just add, yeah, it's so, add this to the list of odd questions. So he fights the blonde ninja. Yeah. Again. Who it, is suddenly like an animal, is like growling and roaring like she, a jaguar. Yeah, she's got knives everywhere, blades everywhere. She's slicing <laughs> She's him. got the odd job. She's got the odd she's job. She's got the upgrade with yep. them all over it. Side, Yeah, the side blades. Punisher snaps her neck. Again, no explanation of who she is, right. why she's there. Uh-huh. Why, does the, why does the Japanese Yakuza have this blonde Caucasian female of death? Because cocaine is it another like subtle signal for us to hate the japanese because look they've perverted this poor blonde white girl and made her their assassin like sure another another racist uh, yeah it's again who why (sighs) so wonderful character in movies is gogo yubari from kill bill is that uh, Lucy Liu's character? Lu- that's Lucy Liu's her, oh, her the female assassin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like her her personal assassin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of who this blonde girl's supposed to be. Except, like, why is she? At least Gogo Yubari is Japanese, and right. it makes sense. If you're not going to have her, is there a reason? Is there an explanation? Is there a storyline? No, it's a weird choice. And I, I actually think, again, I think it's supposed to be like a nod to, oh, you can hate them even more because of this. 100%. Yeah. So then there's a standoff between Lady Tanaka and uh, Franco. Frank Castle jumps through a window, throws a knife right through Lady Tanaka's head. Yep. Uh, that's an incredible amount of force he's using to throw that knife through Through skull. skull. Yeah. And then... The most awkward fight of all time. I I would struggle to point to less suspenseful fights. Uh, Less suspenseful, like, climax fights. Right. So you have Yaren Krebe. This guy. Sure. Somehow, like, almost dominating in much of the fight, he's basically standing and kicking a sitting Punisher who is all of a sudden now seemingly unable to defend himself. Yeah, like, with no real reason behind yeah, it. Like, I mean, I guess he'd, he'd been stabbed by the blonde assassin, so maybe he's weak for that. It just comes off as, it's, it's so horrible. It's just lazy. It's, it's just so lazy. fucking horrible. And, of course, the sun stops him. Sun, uh, right, sun comes back in, distracting Franco. Franco gets shot, but he's wearing the bulletproof vest. Right, right. They tussle, and somehow Frank 
sticks the gun it, in the side. Yeah, it's smart. The, it's yeah, it's the old like you know they're 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 wrestling around the guns in between them. It goes off and you who don't got know who. who got shot right. Mm-hmm. Another great movie that does that is West Side Story. This ain't no West Side Story. Nope. So Franco, of course, is killed. Uh, Tommy Tommy Franco, J- Johnny's son, picks up the gun, points it at Punisher, and so of course Punisher turns around, kneels down, and basically gives him the shot. Here you go, do it now, so you won't become a a murderer later. It, it's a. It's not even like a well constructed. Is it bit of dialogue? D- does he say that he it, kill me now because if you grow up to be like your dad, I'm going to come after you? No, no, no. It's not even that. No, it's okay. like he's like. Maybe if you get it over with now, you won't grow up to be like him. Okay, so you're going to make him a murderer younger? No. Yeah, it, it's not. It's it's, it's so fucking. So bonkers. you expect that moment, right? You expect the test of the criminal's son, mm-hmm. but they don't even the the dialogue's not even written well there. Like it's it's sure. So of course the son can't do it, and then in another fucking weird bit of dialogue, uh, Punisher tells Tommy that he can grow up to be a good man, but he tells him that basically he, the Punisher, will be waiting if Tommy doesn't. And then he leaves. It's a weird, like, oh, that's a fucking offhanded threat to this 10-year-old boy who just saw his father get killed. Yeah, like, hey, if you don't need enough therapy, I'm yeah. just going to add this little bit. Yeah, just bit. add. You know, it's cheaper in bulk, so let me just <laughs> add this all in. Uh, and then uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Louis Gossett Jr. comes in. Which way did he go? He follows the blood uh, trail. I- and the last shot of the movie is Louis Gossett Jr. on top of this building in Australia screaming. <laughs> So fucking dumb. That's the last shot with him, and then we are back into a repurposed shot from the beginning of the film. Yep, tunnel vision. Donatello. Yeah, that's right. Skateboarding, skateboarding through, through the. And then we hear another voiceover. Let's just let's just drop that. You, uh, you don't want, you don't want to hear mine. No, okay. Let's just drop it. I still talk to guys sometimes. I ask him if what I'm doing is right or wrong. I'm still waiting for an answer. And until I get one, I'll be out here. Waiting, watching. The guilty will be punished. Yeah, and, and then what do we have at the very end? Punished. Fucking butt. Oh, that. Oh, again. I, yeah, and then Stop it. the title card of the Punisher. And you go, no, oh no, this no, was the Punisher. I say no. And I say no. movie, movie. Oh, fuck. Tom, that was a movie. Listen, that we're stretching the limits of the definition. Much like with Spaghetti Man. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> is this yeah. a movie? Oh, God, it was so bad. Uh, so fucking bad. You know, the worst part is, you know, we've watched a few movie with, movies with Marvel characters yet, and we have yet to watch a great movie with Marvel characters. We've I'm watched ho- a couple good. The Spider- Amazing Spider-Man was good. It was good. X-Men was good for where it was in movie history. Yeah, the next one is great. When we get to X two, yeah, okay. Great. So well, good. it's not Iron Man, which is what I'm hoping we pull next. But in but any before event, we do that, we got some questions. We do have some questions. So, Todd, I'll start with you. Okay, <laughs> who is your MVP? Ah, uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> I I I want to award no points or recognition to anyone. Oh come um, on. I mean, ah, oh, fuck. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Tommy. The brave kids stood up 
<laughs> you know, he stood up when the girl was going to get pulled out, like when they were right. all in captain. Yeah. So he's brave. He does the right thing at the end, although it's under a threat. So You're not wrong. All right. Yeah, Tommy. Casey, who's your MVP? Louis Gossett Jr. What does he do? What does he do that makes him valuable? He's enjoy he was the most enjoyable thing of this movie. Well, that's Okay, all right. No, I've got some something okay. different right. for favorite character. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, Casey, yeah, who is your favorite character? The old lady with the Uzi. Oh, shit. she was the best. I I want her entire backstory. Yeah, yeah, I'm right with you. I want the old lady with the, like it's kind of like the unofficial sequel to Hobo with the Shotgun. Old, old lady, lady with, with the an Uzi. Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, Todd, what's the best scene? Uh, fuck. Uh, I. I got to be honest with you. I resented this movie through every moment of the viewing. I mm-hmm. I am going to award no best scene. Wow. Yes. Okay. Casey, do you have a best scene? I thought I did. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I wrote something. No, I don't have a best scene. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, all right. Yeah. No, no, no best scene for this movie. All right. Uh, Casey, um, what is one scene that you would cut? Well, it would be where... No, I have an actual... <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. It's his butt. We don't need to see his butt. Again, have no problem with butts, but just the dirtiness of it and, and it's just... A, it's a weird butt. It's not even like... It's, it's a not butt a standing butt. Kn- it's a top, it's top half It's very crack. unattractive. Yeah. And also... I feel like it's there just because they knew they had an R rating and none of the women in this movie were like, I'm not showing my boobs. Sure. He's like, I will show my butt. I will show my butt. That's okay. We, neither of us have a Dolph Lundgren accent. Okay. Todd, what, what's one scene you would cut? Uh, I mean, I, I, you know what? Here's the thing. I don't know that cutting any scene makes a difference. (laughs) It's a shit movie. It's a shit movie. You're not wrong. Yeah. Okay. uh, Actor having the most fun. Uh, I, um, and I didn't get her name. The actress who plays Lady Tanaka. She did seem like she you know, was like, a good time. She was embracing it. Uh, you know, I looked up, uh, I, I should have grabbed her name. I looked at her. She has a movie credit that I'm familiar with. It's actually really? a, fav- a, a personal favorite movie. Ooh. Loverboy with, Mc, with McDreamy from Grey's Anatomy. With, uh, where he plays the pizza delivery guy who basically starts whoring himself out to rich oh, women. Oh no! She's the she is the rich Asian woman. Patrick Dempsey. It's with Patrick Dempsey. Wow! It's a it's a look. It's a movie that says some horrible things about you know the the relations between the sexes. Uh-huh. It's but it's a fun movie. It, it, it's a it's a guilty pleasure. Okay, that's right. That's her. Uh, Casey, yeah. who is your actor having the most fun? Uh, shakes. Oh, you know what? That's yeah, that's a good one. Asterisk when making the movie. I'm sure he was probably like, it's got Dolph Lundgren. He was in Rocky, all the stuff. It's an American movie. This is going to be my way to get into American film. And this movie fucking went nowhere. And he's probably like, no, I, the Punisher. No, I wasn't in that. No. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Uh, so now, Casey. <laughs> Uh, as a reminder, the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie was a 28%. No, that's an F. That's an F. That's, that's solidly an F. Uh-huh. Um, would you like to rate this movie on any scale? Yeah, an F. Yes. It's an F. This uh, movie's terrible. Uh, 0.0. No, it's like a 10. because there's. But, there, it's, not there's even, a but co- it's not even a good action. No, See, no, no. I, you, I could forgive a bad Punisher movie if mm-hmm. it's a good action movie. Yeah, it's like, neither. Th- we're going to see that. In both the 
Thomas Jane, and I think the Ray Stevensons. Ray Fisher? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to see action sequences that are yeah. impressive. You don't don't look for them in this movie. Nope. And there's no stellar acting. There's, Louis Gossett Jr. gives it that 10%. Yeah, oh, that's fair. Okay. Because I feel like he gave 10%. He gave 10%. Like, yeah. I 10% think, of a shit. Like, if this movie was shot chronologically, yes. you look at that first scene with Louis Gossett, he's acting the shit out of it. Sure. By that last scene, he's like, uh, frick. He's given up on this movie. Uh, yeah. He knows what he's in now. I like, he's so. seen the dailies and like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Dad's breakdown. This is not a movie to watch with your kids. This is child endangerment if you show this to your child. This is not a movie to watch. <laughs> Right. I Maybe think that's a complete for statement. punishment, yes. you have to watch The Punisher. That Which would one? It. The 1989. No. Right. Oh, fuck. Okay, listen. Let's move on from this fucking horrible fiasco, please. Oh, do you think it's... Uh... And now it's time to pick the next movie from Thor's Helmet. Thanks, Bob. So let's talk about something that we did over the break. Sure. So we put the ultimate question to our fandom. Uh, and the TSPHC Army responded. We, we have a, a clear direction. Up until now, series were represented in Thor's helmet via um, a single slip. So whatever the next movie in the in the series was, that was the movie that was in Thor's helmet. Mm -hmm. So even if we were talking about the MCU, which currently has nineteen movies eligible, there was only one movie in the helmet: Iron Man. Iron Man. Yeah. We put a question out to the audience: We're still going to watch movies in order for series, right? But should we put the total number of slips for a series into the helmet? To represent the number of movies out there. So there's 19 for MCU. There's four for the Burton vs. Batman. Sure. Dustin Zarni put it perfectly. Proportional voting. That's right. Uh, I was like, okay. Yeah. I still didn't agree, but the, you, the you people will, have spoken. You will accede to I the... I will... A-C-C-E-D? Accede? 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 Whatever. Yeah. Okay, so, go for it. Yeah. So, Case, you will acknowledge, you will You will uh, comply with the people's will. Yes. Uh, so, we have right now, there are 19 MCU slips in there. We could totally pull Iron Man. You. It's your oh, turn. Oh, is it me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, there you go. Okay. All right. I've got it. Okay. <laughs> and the movie that we are watching next is... <laughs> I don't like so, when you do that. So, little callback to earlier in the episode when we first see the tunnel vision. Who are you looking for? No, are we watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Michael Bay Fuck. TMNT? Well, we're one step closer to a Stephen Amell movie. Oh, that's right. Ugh. That's actually not too bad. Stephen Amell can be on our podcast. So, holy! Have cow. you ever seen this movie? I have not seen this movie, Todd. It's terrible. Oh, no. It's, okay. Johnny Knoxville is the voice of Leonardo. Wait, what? That should give you an idea of where this movie ranks. Ugh. So this is the 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Isn't this the one where um, Megan Fox plays April? Yes, where she got back in the good graces of Michael Bay after calling him a Nazi. A Nazi. That's I don't know what well kind of sexual you. act she did, but it uh, had to have been phenomenal. So I've got a. Because I would a, never, if someone ever called me a Nazi, I don't I feel like know that's if a deal recover. breaker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, we will, as we always do, put up the trailer here uh, on our website, tsphc.com. But let's watch that trailer. Okay. Who are you? Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, Michelangelo. No, no, no. Chill. It's just a mask. See? Don't freak out. Ah. Better up. 
No matter the risk, you live, you fight as brothers. Remember, nothing is as strong as family. Let's rock and roll, boy. Leo's in trouble! I've always wanted to try this. So they're aliens. No, that's stupid. They're ninjas. Dude. Okay, so No, they're not aliens. They're ninjas. I need a supercut of that followed immediately by It's a megalodon. <laughs> oh my god. It's um, a megalodon. Let's look and see what this one is rated on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm gonna go, it's probably yeah, yeah, in the seventies. Okay. Uh one moment. Ooh, ooh. Oh, no. uh, what did, wait, what did you say in the 70s? Somewhere in the 70s, but by your reaction, I'm going to say lower. If you add up the tomato meter and the <laughs> audience score, no. you get to the 70s. The audience score was a 51. The tomato meter, 22%. So we're right in the same ballpark that we were with. According to Rotten Tomatoes, this is 6% worse. Oh, my God. You heaven. all wanted us to add all these other Listen, movies into the uh, helmet, and this is what you fucking get. You know, when I flipped it over, I could see there wasn't a lot of writing. I'm like, oh, it's really short. Maybe it's MCU. Like, maybe it's MCU. Nope. Like, maybe the... Nope. Nope. God damn it. Casey, that was a movie. That was a movie. Yeah. A question mark? So... We're starting season two off with a bang. With a fucking bang. Uh, how how funny, though, that... I mean, we flat out said we could pull this movie during the episode. But I was talking about the 1991 <laughs> actual good Teenage Mutant right. Ninja Turtles movie. You've seen that, right? Oh, I remember when it came out. I was so excited. Fucking great movie. I was a big fan of the original. We've talked about this. The original comics are dark and, and that, wonderful. And that's what and that one was. supposed to be. Uh, it, was, as it wasn't much as, as bad it, as the well, cartoons. Well, well the, the cartoons the were terrible. Yeah, yeah. But think about oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret, Secret of the Ooze. That movie no. is... It, it's It's like... The same jump from Gremlins to Gremlins, Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2. Ouch. Ouch. Well, uh, you know, Casey, that'll do it for the first episode of our second season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sure will. Yeah. Really looking forward to that second yeah. episode. Yeah. So, so. Okay. Fuck. So, Casey, where can you be found on the interwebs should you wish to be found? I can be found on Twitter at NotRyanCasey, and I can be found on Instagram at Not.RyanCasey. Todd, where can people find you on the internet should you wish to be found? I write about a variety of topics, geeky and non, at my own personal blog, tmpinsyr.com. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at tmpinsyr. Of course, for all things SuperPod HeroCast related, Go check out our website, tsphc.com. We'll drop a companion blog post for this episode. So a couple things we talked about, link to, you know, we'll, we'll share some stuff. Um, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash superpodherocast. And that's, I think, a little more general geeky content. So mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily specific to the podcast, but check them both out. And you can also contact us with our, your reshoots and reactions yeah. at superpodherocast at gmail.com because... Only cap. Write the letters. Tony. All right. All right. Yeah, so that's, that's an episode. Boy, we're, we're off on a good foot with this one, huh? Oh, it's boy. this season. So that'll do it for the Superpod Hero Cast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator, Bob Brown. Be heroic. So then he's listening in on the Yakuza. Let me try that again. He's listening on the. God. Welcome to the outtakes.
Hello. And says, what are you going to do on that? Play lady, or play, hey, let me try clean take of that. Yeah. He's making his O face. This, <laughs> oh, this I, face. Oh, I don't need that. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for that one. You're All welcome. Right. We don't trade lives, Captain. Oh, boy. All right. So. R.I.P. Captain America. Yeah. Uh, son <laughs> of a bitch. This is. One of those moments where I wish it was a visual. Oh, that was a look. That was a look. Jeff, yes. That was awesome. You you just dusted. You're in my mind. You just dusted. Uh, Mr. Stark. I don't want to. I go. don't feel so good. Okay. I would show my butt. Oh wait, that's no. Oh, PL, you made it almost to the yeah. end. Thanks. Yeah. I'm not I'm used to. Going. Dare you? How I dare wasn't you? In you in that? I wasn't in you. Oh no. Oh. Let me take a clean take where it's not dirty. This movie was shot chronically. You look at that first scene with him. Chronologically? What did I say? Chronic, uh, chronically? Chronically. This movie was shot while smoking a lot yeah, of weed. I, that's right. Oh. Uh, that would explain a that lot. That explains a lot. Okay, I'm going deep. Oh, that's what she said. Oh. <laughs> no. Sadly, no. Oh, no, no. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. It's a not a U.S. I'm, theatrically released movie. Well, it had an... We're the only country that matters. That's right. That's right. America that's right. first. 45. Oh, okay. it felt so wrong to say. <laughs> so, 